This episode of the Crown Refs podcast is brought to you by RefereeStore.com. To save 15% on all United Attire products, enter Crown15 at checkout. We hope you enjoy this episode and do us one last favor before you listen. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game. Disrespect that we need to mute, and we have the tools and resources to lower them or mute them. We've got to be able to execute at the right time. Effective communication, professionalism, a mixture of firmness and fairness, a mixture of kindness and authority. So, like, you got to combine these different traits to create, like, the end result that you want. Awesome. So update me on uh, our, our last call. Uh, we we uh, had a couple next steps. Did you follow through with those or get a chance to make any more advancements to some of your content? So I tried uh, I tried my hardest to get content at Duke. Um, I did have to ask permission to do any type of content recording. And initially I got a yes and then ended up with a no this time around. Um, so I don't have any film content from the Duke Regional, unfortunately. Uh, but I have some I have some game footage from our championship night um, that I'll probably be utilizing at the very least to do some um, like talkovers and any plays that kind of pop up within that. Um, I'll hopefully be able to kind of clip and put into there. Um, and I haven't gone through my first TBL game yet for film review, but I, I'm sure that there will be some footage I can use from that as well. So I'm, I'm slowly but surely getting to where I can get the content, um, but I didn't get to where I wanted to uh, with the Duke content, unfortunately. So why wouldn't they allow you to record it? Um, there were concerns about referees not wanting to be filmed and getting uh, special permission from them and NURSA, um, getting permission from NURSA to do so. And so um, they, they told me that with the short time frame of, of the request to do the recording, uh, that I would have to wait and, and get uh, higher approval next time around. So, um, so, so did you need approval or did you just ask and they said no? So I asked the the director of officials, um, or the co- one of the co-directors of officials, because uh, I'm I'm pretty good friends with her, and because um, I I thought it would I thought it would be the right thing to do instead of just kind of like doing this filming uh, uh, right then and there, um, and so I, I I guess I didn't really know how to approach it with them, so I asked, and like I said, I initially got the yes, and then um, I got a phone call the week of and they 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 basically were like hold off on it for this time yeah i don't understand why anybody denies it when all you're trying to do is help officials grow yeah you know like it's it's a little ridiculous and i know when you put the ball in their court and you ask them these questions a lot of them are gonna have an opinion about it whereas if you might have just called a few to the side after a post game they're like hey guys you mind if i i'm just gonna record this 
then you don't even have to get any permission because anyone could go into that that facility and start recording and then go post something it's like mm-hmm. you know so i think we just we just got to get over the stigma uh, you know and um i don't know why they uh are scared right that's what it is it's people are just scared and fearful yeah <clears throat> i was in Qatar. i just shot a ton of content i almost i got too much i was telling i, I was gonna ask how that went <laughs> yeah it was spectacular it was a great weekend um I'm going to talk about it a little bit this week, but yeah, I'll just give you a little recap. I got mm-hmm. there Thursday night, then I went to watch just one or two games that night because we got there late. But I got to meet officials from all over Asia, Pakistan, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, um, Malaysia, Philippines, you know, all the middle omen. Oman so mm-hmm. it was pretty cool experience seeing referees from all, all these different countries most of them also knew me so that was pretty cool you know one day I did like a photo shoot there was a line of people <laughs> lined up to That's take a awesome. photo with me it was funny it was funny I had one of the ladies joking around like she wanted to be my manager and start charging people for it but I was honored <laughs> obviously to and um very patient and humbled humbled that they would want to do that but mm-hmm. no it was great it was really great camp i got to present four times so i recorded all of my presentations pretty much i recorded an hour presentation on teamwork and communication and then 40 minutes on how to better prepare for film and then um we did an international fiba signal school mm-hmm so we recorded that about 35 minute clip and then we did on court mechanics. So it was really cool. I, we created like referee drills. So I would have an official on the throw on the throw in on the side side out throw in. So he's administering the throw in counting hand is up chops the clock. So I had like three offensive players. So the offensive player throws it in dribbler dribbles up the court. The trail runs up the court, tries to stay ball line does a little bit of a shuffle to referee like a press matchup at midcourt. Then the offensive player throws it to a three-point shooter and that trail has to hustle down and mark the three-point shot and then signal the make. So we were mimicking just a a possession that you might see in trail where you're administering a throw-in, then you're refereeing a play, a matchup, and then you're hustling to mark a three-pointer. And then the next person will go. So they got to get a little bit of practice there. And I want to start doing this more. Actually, more people should do ref drills like this because you get to get a real um, accurate assessment of what an official kind of looks like when they're calling a game. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's a, it's a good alternative to obviously watching a real game. But these drills are great. They're really good. And um, we did that. Then we did a block charge drill. So officials were in the center. And we had a dribbler like dribble into a defender and he would mimic like getting pushed back and then they would stop the clock and punch their team, you know, player control signal. And then they did that in lead to, um, okay. and then they started doing like hit fouls and hold. So you got to see the official kind of ref the matchup, blow their whistle when there was contact and then walk and report the foul. So that was pretty neat. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And then, um, you know, I got to observe probably like five games. So I got to meet with the officials before and after. And that was, you know, that's something I love to do. And obviously shot a lot of that, that footage. Have you seen some of the post-game clips? I have, yeah. What do you think? I think it's great stuff. I think it's it's nice to see the international referee world getting into it. Um, you know, I think too much U.S. officials, you know, American-based officials, we, we don't recognize that there are other countries that do what we do. And so it was kind of nice to get a, a world view of, of the exact same thing, different signals, obviously, but um, being able to see the people who love, they love it just as much as we do. And I think that's awesome. And I'm blessed to be able to provide that lens. And it mm -hmm. definitely gave me a more of a global outlook. And I, and I love the fact that we're kind of universifying officiating. Like it's a global sport. And I know there's different rule books and FIBA is different from NCAA, but there's a universal language that is spoken. And mm -hmm. a lot of FIBA doesn't know about America's universal language. So I feel like I'm a little bit of a bridge and I was introducing concepts and topics that are pretty common to us that they've never heard before, but I think it's super useful for them to adapt. And um, it's nice to be able to do like an international signal school, something that we already do here, but do a FIBA version. Mm -hmm. so I just like, I like that, uh, that global approach and it probably is not going to be my last time doing a camp international camp so i think it'll only help what we're doing here and only help you know fiba too so mm -hmm. oh yeah you know the the head of fiba asia referees was there so he's a oh. pretty big dog there you know um does all the nominations and assigning and training and development um, okay. and some, some other great instructors from Spain and uh, a couple other European and Asian countries. So, yeah. Uh, and I was walking home yesterday and passed my neighbor. She was like, oh, how was your weekend? I'm like, I just got back from the Middle East. And that sounded pretty, that sounded pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was like the first time I said it post trip, like, oh, I just got back from the Middle East. So definitely a great experience. And I'm blessed that they, they wanted me to go out there and they already invited me back for next year. That's awesome. It's you know what? It's actually the first basketball referee camp in the history of Qatar. Really? In the whole country. It's the first camp they've ever had for referees. So what did they what did they do before? Did they just like us have a a signing meeting or how how did they get their officials before this camp? You know, they've had one or two other camps, but it's for like the top refs in in Qatar that are like refereeing outside the country and doing big FIBA games but never like an open camp that anyone can attend I mean as far as the infrastructure about Qatar and how all the games work I'm not really sure I just know it's um it's not that popular out there but <clears throat> basketball is really starting to grow I think in the mm -hmm. Middle East and I guess it's just the right time for the Qatar Basketball Federation I mean they have a couple pro leagues there Actually, every pro team, they, they're called clubs. They have these mm. giant state like arenas that you would see a division one team in. And there's like nobody in the crowd. And there's this big state of the art facilities just for the club.
Interesting. And uh, they have so much money. That's they wild. So much money. There are so many sports stadiums in Qatar. I mean, mm-hmm. they built they built eight for the World Cup, eight state of the art modern marvels, okay. and then all of these club teams have a stadium. It's like when I was driving on the highway, I'm like, look at I'm, I pointed to Miguel. I'm like, look at there's three stadiums in, in like two blocks, and I'm not, and they were none of them were the big soccer stadiums. So it's they just have a lot of money to spend, and they do it big because they're all in like competition with each other, like. Qatar's in competition with Dubai and mm-hmm. they want to build the tallest buildings and the you know the most advanced architectural projects. So yeah. It was it's pretty interesting. Oh, that's wild. I, I it's interesting that they were empty. Like it's almost like um like a small D three college when you know, like six people in the stands, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, they had a couple couple fans. It was like 30 or 40 fans, but the, the stadium held a couple thousand. You know, Jeez. it was very high up. Like, they had an upper deck, and it was cool. It was like a, you walk in, I'm like, oh, I didn't think they were going to be playing in here. And then I yeah. asked the locals, and they're like, oh, this is nothing. You should see the other club's stadium. You should see this club stadium. You should hear they're building a brand new one, like, two minutes oh, down man. the road. I'm like, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's awesome. And you got back on uh, Sunday or Monday? Yeah, last, last night I got back. Okay. So it was 15 hours on the way back, 12 hours there. Flight was okay. It wasn't horrible. Get, get a little bit of rest? A little bit. <laughs> and then uh, I'm assuming right, probably right back to work today? Yeah, I did. Just leaving work now. That's awesome. So if you hear anybody honking in the background, I'm in Bronx traffic. There's always, there's always a couple sirens to be heard. Yeah. I, I, I've i not spent a lot of time in, in New York. Uh, I think I did a couple of performances in, in like the Manhattan area. Um, but I could, I could definitely see that. You said performances? Yeah. So when I, when I was a Marine uh, musician, uh, we would go up to New York all the time to do performances up there and a couple in Times Square, um, oh, usually around great. this time, actually. What instrument you play? I was a percussionist. Nice. Yeah. You still play? I, not really. Um, I played for my church back in 2017 and then moved around and just never really got back into it. Um, I think if I found the right, right church home or, you know, somebody was like, Hey, we really need a, we really, really need a drummer. Um, I might pick it back up. Um, but I, I, I do a lot of drive, uh, you know, freeway drive drumming on the steering wheel <laughs> to kind of scratch that itch. <laughs> cool. I'm sure you make great car beats, steering wheel car beats. I try. I try not to hit the horn when I'm, you know, <laughs> pretending it's the bass drum. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's, it's an instrument. You could incorporate that to yourself. I, I, um, I yeah. <laughs> tell me about your TBL game. Let's break it down. I only caught a little bit of that. I'm sorry. 
Oh, sure. So tell me about your TV game. Okay. Um, yeah. So it was that uh, I know last time we had talked a little bit about the me inserting myself um, with the coach uh, instead of kind of letting him, you know, in, initialize the conversations. Um, it was it was interesting because the rules, most of the rules are NBA style rules, with the exception of a couple of um, FIBA rules. So as far as um, goaltending, they use FIBA so they can, as soon as it hits the rim, it's fair game. Um, yeah, and it's the it's only the second league I've ever worked in that utilizes shot clocks. Uh, and they're on a 24-second shot clock with an eight-second backcourt. So that's new, not new to me with, with the, the count, but as far as recognizing the timing on it. Um, and the arena that I was in was has a shot clock opposite of the table on the floor at the division line. And um, so you know, like during pregame, one of the things we did was after we had seen the arena and seen what we were kind of working with, we pre-gamed who would have the clock, who would help with the clock, depending on where we were. Um, and then we talked to the table. That was, I think the, the hard part for us was that it was the table's first time really doing anything. Um, and so trying to communicate to the table fouls and timing errors was a lot for me to process mentally in a game where I've never worked with pro rules. Um, so trying to just mentally comprehend and not tank myself uh, after the first quarter uh, was a little taxing on me, um, but it was fun. And I, I worked with a couple guys that were um, really helpful, uh, I think, in, in the sense that we all were able to catalog most of our plays uh, that we had. So, you know, if we had a call on one end that was questionable, we would make sure that we uh, – catalog that and if we had this you know similar play similar contact on the other end uh get those same kinds of things and it was nice to be able to work with a crew that i've never worked with before and have that uh cohesion um so that was that was really the the best part for me outside of the fact that it was uh you know a, a new league uh and a new opportunity to see uh elevated play of basketball yeah, and how was the level? Good players? It was great players. I think the the team, the home team, uh, is currently undefeated. I think they're five and zero or six and zero right now. Um, so the level of play was great. A lot of above the rim play, which was fun for me because um, I don't I don't I don't get that a lot in the the varsity high school level uh, in in my area. Um, but it was just. Enjoy. It was interesting to like have conversations with players who, when you called a foul on them, if they knew it was a foul, would just talk to you as, as like another person. 
Um, and so like they know when they foul and they don't know when they foul. And so that was another added element that I wasn't used to a lot of the times that, you know, at the high school level or uh, sometimes even the D3 level, you, you, you put air through your whistle and the coaches or the players don't really understand what they're doing and they just don't want to hear anything about it, even if they're asking the questions, more so the coaches. Um, but the the difference in communication levels of those players who are essentially playing professionally um, was 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 nice to have that uh, that that change for once. Yeah, I I related probably closer to D one and D two and D three, where the players really don't argue calls mm -hmm. too much. They don't. Because if they do, like, they're going to lose playing time, you know, potentially a scholarship if they're really a bad, bad person, mm -hmm. you know. So, same thing with, like, the G League. The G League, you don't, you don't hear a lot of, of the players talking crap to officials because they're trying to get hired. Right. And in men's leagues, you obviously do hear it a lot. But this being more of a professional-style men's league where – these players are, are playing for contracts and they don't want to mess it up or, or, you know, risk it with poor behavior. So I can understand why the sportsmanship would be high. Yeah. And it's, it's such a stark the, difference. That, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go continue your point. Uh, it's, it's just a stark difference uh, with the coaches as well. Um, Cause it's, it's their livelihood uh, on the line and you know at the high school level chances are if they have a losing season or if they act out a little bit the school administration is not going to fire them immediately that season unless it's been just over and over and over um, and so the sportsmanship from the coaches was also just such a huge difference um, and it's 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 nice to be able to input a lot of the the stuff that you have put out um, in in the Patreon and and just as part of Crown into that game because it for some reason it tends to it that the stuff that I've used tends to work better at that that higher level than it does at the high school level and I I don't really know why some of the coaches just don't want to hear anything. Um, but it's, it is it is such a stark difference. Well, let's go back to that because it should work on every level. It shouldn't be like, oh, it doesn't work here. So I have mm -hmm. to look at you and look at how you're executing it and also look at what what hasn't worked. So can we touch on any of the like things you wish you could have did better? Or can we point to any particular conversation specifically where you felt like it didn't work? Yeah. There was a game that I had, um, I think it was a triple header. So JV, varsity girls, varsity boys. And it was the varsity girls game. And the, it, was, it was a really weird situation because it was my first time at the school. And we were, our crew was calling pretty consistently, um, you know, missed calls here and there every now and then. Um, and then a little bit of inconsistency between the third and the fourth quarter, but not, not enough to, to hear back from an assigner. And 
the coach, my, one of my partners had called a foul and the, the women's coach was basically had, had been barking the entire game and we had had conversations right, me, with her. Let me stop. Let me stop you though. Mm-hmm. How do we let them bark the entire game? And let's go back to some of your conversations. That's, so at, we can't, at we one, can't fast yeah. forward that part. Yeah. So I think at one point in the second quarter, she had said something to me about a travel that I missed that was right in front of me. Um, and it was just a girl spinning on her pivot foot. And I had had the conversation with her. I said, coach, this is, she did not lift her pivot foot. She's allowed to spin as long as that pivot foot doesn't come up and come back down. And she kind of waved me off and then the play went back to the other end and then back in front of her and it went out of bounds off of the other team. So we're, we're now standing in front or I'm now standing in front of her inbounding the ball. And she continually kept talking to her players about us in like, in like the, the cryptic way that coaches do, um, yeah, keep playing hard, even though you're not you're not getting lucky, or even don't let yeah. don't let them take you out of the game. Indirect jabs. Yes, they're they they're you're just gonna have to play through it. You're just gonna have to play through their whistles or their no calls. Which is fine. Which is yeah okay. The first yeah, and, statement was fine. Actually, that is all fine. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, that that's true. They have to play through it. Yeah, and and so at that point, I was I was aware that she was going to continually talk um now which is now which did is she, fine did, but was sorry to cut you off besides mm-hmm. that was there anything else indirect that you thought was direct to you not not to me um to your part to your crew not not that i could hear uh okay. i i know that i could see like the 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 non-verbal communication the the waving off as as uh, you know, we come down the floor and go back uh, during she live waved ball. You off. She waved my partner off uh, on a on something she had asked. There was a no call. That's a, that's and a technical foul. Waving, waving off is a technical foul. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we, we didn't call it. Um, and so, I, I you know, we, we had allowed her to kind of be and get more uh, vocal as the game went on. And at between the third let's, and the fourth quarter. Let's sorry, take it. Um, no, I just want to take it interaction by interaction so I could have the full context. So, so far she argued to travel. You ran up the court, she came back and then mm-hmm. she's coaching her players. So what was the next time that you or any of the crew where she interjected herself both either with comments or body language? Yeah, so in the third quarter, she starts getting a little bit more upset. Um, we called a 50-50 in her favor, and she stomped up the court, to, oh, not to the division line, but um, towards the table. She stomped up the court, not realizing that we had called it in her favor. Um, and then we went down back down the other end. And What does stomping up the court mean? Um, like, how are you not going to call something like that? And then okay. we, the, the partner goes to report it. 
Okay, so she shouted, how are you gonna, okay, she shouted her opinion onto the court. That's different than marching or stepping loudly, as you put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, she was like saying that stuff, coming towards the table. And then as my partner reported the foul, she realized it was in favor of her team and was like, oh, I'm just gonna go that back down. And... But let me just stop you right there. That would have mm -hmm. been a great time to give a technical foul. When you okay. call a foul for their team, and they still argue, mm -hmm. I think that is a perfect time. Because she had a moment of lack of self-awareness there. Mm -hmm. And I, I've seen that a couple times, or either my partner has given it at that time, and I just think that's a great timing for a technical foul. But please continue. Yeah, that and that happened in the third quarter. And then for the rest of the third quarter, I didn't hear or see much from her from that point on to the to the, between the third and fourth quarter at the start of the fourth quarter we are now getting closer to the bonus for the visiting team um, and her team is down by I wanted to say it was at least 15 points at this point um, and so we called another shooting foul in favor of the visiting team and it was at this point that my partner called it, went to report it to the table and screamed from the division line. That's the worst call I've ever seen, to which I then gave the technical foul um, at that point, because um, it wasn't like she said it to him. She said it to him across the court where everybody in the gym could hear it. Um, let me just stop you right there. That doesn't mm -hmm. matter. If she says it in your personal space, that's the same thing as shouting it. Because when you make a statement like that, that's automatic technical talk. Right. Right. So oh, I just not, don't I'm, want yeah. you to, I don't want you to file it as, oh, we gave her technical file because she shouted it. So everybody heard it. No, she said that comment and that's mm -hmm. why you gave her technical talk. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. She definitely did. She, she earned her, she walked herself into that one. Um, and from there, so now we've got, you know, this, the sequence of events, we have to shoot the two for the, the, uh, common foul, and then we have to shoot the two for the technical foul. And so me not having been there after giving the technical foul, she not having been where at, at the, at that school before not having been at the school I, before I, that doesn't matter though. I don't, you don't even have to bring that up. Okay. How is that relevant? Um, uh, I guess just the way that I approached her after that. Um, this, this is why we say don't bring any previous history into the game, even if there's no history. It's, it's mm -hmm. the coach of team A and the coach of team B. Okay. We, have to do, we have to do that more. We can't personalize it because mm -hmm. then we develop emotion, and which means it's, it, it restricts us from – or we just start storytelling. Like the fact that this is your first time there, that's not even a, a relevant conversation. Okay. Okay. That's not even a fact, something that we, you need, need to factor in because it's working against you for whatever, whatever reason, I feel. That I, preset yeah. is almost working against you. Yeah, I definitely think it did. Um, because in my mind, having not had been there, and so, you know, Mentally, I'm like, okay, I've never been there before. Let me have a cordial conversation with her. Um, and I know 
that you 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 say you you shouldn't have to you shouldn't explain to a coach why they why they got a technical for their behavior um and i i didn't in, in that moment i wasn't thinking that i was thinking let me have a little bit of rapport with this coach um let me see before if she has... after she just said that's the worst call ever yeah no nope no rapport there right she destroyed your rapport why would you try to rebuild it so mm -hmm. so you went up to her after the tech i did so I, I came yeah i came back across and and i wanted to hear her out um to see if she had anything to say for herself and it was a mistake it was definitely a mistake and i should have i didn't did she call have. you over or request yes. an explanation? Yes. Yeah, I don't ignore her. Okay. But tell me anyway, so you went over to her, which is, it's not going to work out. I know it's not going to work out. So tell us <laughs> how yeah, it didn't it, work out. <laughs> so I went over and she's asking for, she wasn't asking for an explanation on the technical foul. She was asking, she was telling me that she wasn't saying what she said to us. She was saying it out loud which i was like okay coach but that's no reason She's lying for you. in your face yeah exactly and i said that's no reason for you to yell across the court like that um and to which she responded yeah well if i wasn't a woman you never would have called that technical foul um and so at that eject, point my eject, eject her yeah i i didn't and i i should have but it was at that oh, point you, that you i can't you 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 can't make comments based on race, sex, religion, height, weight, all of that. Mm hmm 100% inappropriate. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't get to weaponize that against you because she's a woman. Right. Nor would a man be able to do that in his place. So that's just, all right. All right. Keep going. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that kind of ended the conversation. Um, I, I turned around and we administered the free throws and she didn't say a word to me the rest of the, she didn't say a word to the crew the rest of the game. She was actually quiet because she ended up having to sit down. Um, but, you know, I, after the game, my partners and I had a conversation about it and I had asked, you know, why there was no technical foul given before I gave it. Cause I, I didn't give it right as she said it. Um, I wanted to give my partner who was coming to the table an opportunity to, you know, give the no, warrant to technical no, foul. No, 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 no. That's your responsibility because you were closest, right? No, I was, I was the one administering the initial free throws. Okay. So and then so that's why him. I heard it. So he was closest, and you thought he he would probably handle that in that situation. I, I thought so, um, and so there was a good fifteen seconds, maybe less than that. Um, but there was a good delay between her saying it and me coming and and giving the technical foul. Um, and I, the explanation I got was, "eh, it didn't really bother me." Yeah, that's. That's the, uh, that's the bad mindset. And that's why it keeps happening because it, you don't default into, oh, I got thick skin. That doesn't bother me. We have to stop mm -hmm. doing that. 
Of course you yeah. have to have thick skin. You can't let it bother you. But it's not a question of, it, is it bother, does it bother you? It's a question of, is that sportsmanlike behavior, which it's not. And mm -hmm. the, the delay, like, give him like two seconds. If he don't do it in two seconds, because then that comment becomes 10, 15 seconds old. Mm -hmm. So it's like, as soon as I hear that, I'm about to just give a tech. Okay, I see my partner's right there. I'm going to give him a chance. He doesn't do it. Technical foul. Sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just, we're, we are scared as officials. We're scared of coaches. We're scared to call these, these rules as written. Mm -hmm. We're worried about what the coach is going to say. We're worried about the coach's opinion. We're worried about the coach's reaction. We're scared the coach is going to call the assigner. We're right. scared we're going to lose a game. And when we stop, when we stop even acknowledging that, then it does this. If we all get on that same page, then this issue never exists. We don't ever think about losing a game or a call to an assigner because we're all, we all collectively have the same approach. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like, um, just, I thought you just maybe misapplied a couple things there with mm -hmm. when you should have approached the coach. And remember, we got to use the line like where you lay down the, the ground line, the ground rules. Coach, we're very, like early, as soon as right. the pattern develops, as soon as they argue two calls, as soon as they shout twice, as soon as they referee from the sidelines multiple times, it becomes a pattern, get over to them at the next timeout. I'm mm -hmm. sure you had an opportunity at, the, at a timeout. I'm sure there was a couple timeouts. Mm -hmm. And then you go yeah. reason with the coach. Hey, coach, I know you, you had, did you, I think you might have had a question about a couple calls, but I'm running up the court and I can't answer you. Plus you're shouting and I would never shout at you that way. Did you have a play that you wanted to talk about? Because we have to do this in a professional manner. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. you know, can you work with me here? When we bring it, the conversation to that level, it's a clear indication of the guidelines that we expect. If we don't clearly communicate that, they, they don't know. They think they're entitled. They think they can do whatever they want. They're under the influence of emotion. So they're not thinking right. clearly a lot. So whether you're either de-escalating, playing defense, or you're playing offense and dictating the terms of the dialogue, we have to hit on those key markers or else we lose control. And I right. like being in control. I'm not controlling to the point where it's like a power trip, but I like all, I like being in control of these conversations with coaches. It feels a lot better to be in control than not in control. Right. And it, and it just takes consistent enforcement and a firm approach with these coaches. And I'm like a broken record with them. I repeat myself. Sometimes a coach this year was like, all right, you're gonna stop lecturing me? I said, coach, I'm, I'm establishing professionalism and two-way respect. You know, mm -hmm. they, he, he tried to tell me I was lecturing him. I didn't let that stand. I didn't let that comment have any life. I immediately dismissed the comment and went right back to enforcement of sportsmanship. Mm -hmm. And when they know that you are not playing around with it, they're not going to test you nearly right. as much. And in that particular conversation I had was at halftime, what does the coach do? 
comes up and apologizes. The second half doesn't say a word because he got checked. Mm-hmm. We have to check these coaches. Um, but this is good, man. This is uh, this is what these are the conversations I want to have with you. The fact that we can go deep, and I know you were about to you were about to explain. You were about to start your explanation like in the fourth quarter, and look at what we missed. Look at the the, the steps that we kind of bypassed, and those are all the steps that led up to the end result of her making the comment that that's the worst call ever. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't control what they say, but maybe if we get over to her earlier and establish those guidelines of respect, then she's going to refocus on her role in the game. Right. So what are some of your thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. Um, I would say that there's definitely a, a for me, being it being my first year in this association, uh, and not knowing a lot of these other referees, I had a lot of, not necessarily fear of establishing, you know, myself within the community, but more of a uncertainty of how they would react to utilizing some of these, some of these tools, um, because a, a, a lot of your partners or the coaches, the partners. Um, I think I have less of a fear of coaches after listening to a lot of your the podcasts. Of course I, you do. <laughs> trying to to yeah, because it because I think I don't think I know it works. Um, the 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 problem that I feel that I run into with partners is that they're so ingrained in their ways of doing things and dealing with these coaches that they have established rapports with that it makes it harder for people like us to really establish those guidelines. Um, And I think for me, for me personally, like that was, there was a game that I had where I utilized a lot of those rapid responses with a coach and they didn't send him over the edge, but they made him go to the official on the court that has been officiating at that school for 15 years um, because I think he realized he wasn't going to be able to intimidate me um, into calling for him, you know, calling his way and getting all the calls he wanted. Um, so I, I, I know that the rapid responses work, but, you know, dealing with partners who are unfamiliar and unwilling to change makes it hard for me to, I don't want to say want to do it because I, I want everybody to be on the same page. I want everybody to have that established professionalism. Um, but I think, I think being the, the quote unquote, you know, young guy on all of these crews um makes it hard to interject uh especially in those those coaches meetings when the 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 r the r the crew chief doesn't ask hey do you guys have anything else to input um and then just says hey have a great game um and so for me that's that's the hard part is really just establishing that and i'm hoping that 
you know, getting through every season from here on out, I, I hope that I get the chance to move up in my position and not be the U2 on every game and also have partners that are willing to ask, hey, do you have anything else you want to say in these coaches' meetings? Um, because I think that's the best way. And I, it also goes to pre-gaming. Um, I think that's where it all starts. Um, yeah, it's more, it's more pre-gaming than it is the coaches' meeting. Mm-hmm. No one else, no one else uh, you know, I shouldn't say no one else. Now that I've put out the information about what to say in the coaches' and captains' meetings, you, there's more officials saying kind of the la- my language, the crown ref's language. But mm-hmm. if you don't have an opportunity to do that at the beginning of the game, okay, that's fine. But in the pregame, listen, and you, all, you have to stop looking at yourself as the you too. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. It's so right. overrated. You two, you one, crew chief, R. Everyone is a R. Everyone has to run the game. Everyone has mm-hmm. to enforce the rules as written. So this is something I would mention in your pregame. Obviously, let the R run it. But if they don't mention how to properly manage the coach, you speak up. So this is just a matter of you developing that confidence. You know what the right thing to do is. You know the right way to run the game. And you're mm-hmm. seeing your partners, they don't know. And that's okay. That's out of our control. We wish it was different, but it's out of our control. We have to adapt. But you, it's okay. It's okay being the one, like, if they look at you as the bad guy. Or, yeah. oh, this, you know, he won't. Just let him, just let the coach do it. It's fine. Brush it under the rug. It's okay being the guy that's not going to do that and deal with that little bit of short-term friction where people – you know, are not used to that approach from you, you being a newer, younger guy, but you're doing the right thing. Like, this is the right approach. Mm-hmm. We know we know the right thing to do by the game. We know what coaches can and can't do. So if they're ignoring it, doesn't mean we ignore it. Right. And yes, if they're not on the same page as us and we're giving them a rapid response and then they're just kind of sucking up to the coach, it does make it difficult it does make it different and a little bit more challenging, but that can affect our game. Right. You got to play your game. You got to keep playing your game. And if, if they're going to roll with you, great. But if they're not, then you could stand alone Mm -hmm. and be that guy because it's, it's not that hard. It's just a game at the end of the day. Right. And our job is to make tough decisions. Our job is also to make decisions that people don't like. Our job is to make decisions that people are going to react to negatively. Mm-hmm. And our job is to be able to adapt and respond effectively to that and be able to enforce the rules and the sportsmanship guidelines. So right. just, you know, just keep, just keep practicing at it. You know, the rapid responses is not just all of a sudden going to work for everybody that is not used to doing it because mm-hmm. some of these responses takes a little bit more confidence than you're used to. But once you kind of get over that hurdle, it becomes a lot easier. So I don't want you to be held down by any other partner. They have mm-hmm. nothing to do with you, even though you're working with them, they have nothing to do with your game and how you, you know, call, call the game. It shouldn't right. impact you. So I got a, got a quick question for you. It deals with um, a small, like a small league uh, with like 
20 or 30 fans in the gym that fits that many. Um, this is definitely situationally based. So obviously crowd control is something that we don't necessarily deal with directly, but game management should, should be, be taken care of. Um, how would you respond if you have a crowd that's negatively heckling, not just, not just like, you know, Oh, that's a bad call, but like directly in your ear um, saying the things that would normally get a coach tossed and you go to like the what? coach and uh, um, things like you're terrible. You're too big to be doing this. Oh 17 whistles game management yeah. come over right and so so i did that and I, I went to game management and i said hey coach this is what's happening um, you said coach is the coach the game manager yes the coach uh, was game management and this so is a high school game it is it is a it is a small um christian league uh or pri private league not a christian league a private league um in which basically everybody that was there was all of his kids parents um and so i went to him and i said hey coach this is the stuff that's being said it like i i don't i can't identify if it's your team or the visiting team's fans but it needs to stop uh or you know they need to leave and he looked directly in my eyes and said well that's not going to happen um so I, I'd love to hear your response as to what you would say before I tell you what I ended up doing. It's a Christian league, LOL. <laughs> exactly. So did, did were you aware that he was, the, you obviously were aware before the game that he was in charge of the gym or you just assumed he was because there's no one else there? I, I did. I, I did know. Um, I was, I had previously been working with him on a signing. I was like his, faux assigner um I, I use i utilize a lot of the refs here at the university to to do games there because it gets them court time and it gets them you know paid cash after every game um but i never got any like reports from from the refs as to the atmosphere of how it was refing there um, but i was aware that he was game management so, for that site okay so i would I would make a conversation just like I would if he was a security guard. And mm -hmm. I would go up to him and say, hey, coach, I noticed that there's no, you know, athletic director or principal or game management here. So I assume that's you. Yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I just wanted to touch base with you uh, before the game. If there's any issues with fans heckling officials or making personal disrespectful comments, I just want to let you know I'm going to come up to you and either it's going to be to warn the fan or to remove the fan. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. So right there, we established that professional guideline and protocol and procedure of what we're going to do if unsportsmanlike behavior happens from a spectator. Okay. So that's the that's always step one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had uh, fans were saying this to you multiple times. So you stopped the game and you went over to the coach and then you said we have to remove this, these individuals, and he basically said, no, we're not? Yes. Okay, and what would you say? Uh, I said, okay, 
because uh, I at, that, at this point both head coaches were, were talking to me I said okay then because I can't identify uh, then we're going to go ahead and give technical fouls to both teams every time this happens just so you're aware and he looked at me and he said whatever you got to do and um, but yeah. are we make are we creating new rules now Uh, it, creating new rules, how? How is it a technical foul if a fan shouts at the ref? Uh, well, I guess rules? I was, mm, I was utilizing like intramural rules where the fans are a part of the team. Um, so this is an intramural game? No, this, it was a high school game. It was a playoff game. Okay, um, so shouldn't, it was a playoff high school game. So why are we not implementing NFHS high school rules? He their their league abides loosely by NFHS rules. His words, they they abide loosely by the rules. Yeah. So I would basically, if the coach, first of all, the, I'm not leaving that conversation with the coach telling me no. Mm-hmm. So like whatever I don't, whatever communication you had prior like he's lacking respect for you. Like mm-hmm. it's just a lack of respect. And okay. So let's say he tells me, no, then I'm going to go eject the fan myself. Okay. And, and if I, I'm going to tell the coach, if he tells me, no, I say, okay, no problem, coach. I'll handle it. And if this person doesn't move, then the officials are, or then the game is going to be forfeited. Like I may okay. bring it there. Mm-hmm. Or I may say the, the officials are going to walk off the court now. Because now there's a breach in safety. Right. And there's no organization from the school. Mm-hmm. It's the school's job to, to handle this. So if, if the coach isn't going to do it and show a lack of responsibility, then I'm going to go blow my whistle. I'm going to point to the fan and I'm going to disqualify him. If he laughs at me, the coach already knows what I just told him, that the game, the game is going to be forfeited or the refs are going to walk off the court like – we can't relinquish power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wish I could say that that's how the game ended, or how how things played out. Um, unfortunately, both of my partners were not on the same page as me um, in regards to the fan engagement. Um, they told you to leave it alone, right? They told me to leave it alone, and at the final timeout. I looked at them and I said, guys, if this continues, I'm going to leave. And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, and I, I don't know how it subsided or, or what was said, or I'm assuming because the home team was winning, they decided that they didn't want to heckle anymore. Um, but the heckling kind of just stopped. And so we finished the fourth quarter and coach came up to me and I said, or he came up to me after the game as I'm getting dressed because there's nowhere for us to dress. So it's on the court. Um, and I'm changing. I didn't even, I don't even think I changed my shirt. I think I just put a jacket on and changed my shoes so I could get out of there. He comes up and he goes, Hey man, I'm sorry. I disagreed or I'm sorry about that, but I just disagreed with you. And I said, okay. And cause like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to further engage with him in that situation. I just wanted to, leave the arena 
um, not feeling comfortable. I didn't feel unsafe, but I definitely felt uncomfortable with my partners not having my back and the coach not doing his job as game management when I had already told him that he could um, by rule do that, which is when he said we loosely follow NFH S rules. I mean, I've been in, I've been the guy in the gym where everyone thinks I'm crazy from mm -hmm. partners that are probably like, Oh man, like leave that alone to players saying this guy, this guy again, to, to fans saying that. And in mm -hmm. my heart of hearts, I know what I'm doing is right. Like I need to just block out this external noise and just make these decisions and be okay with it. And they could say whatever they want to me, but this is how it's going to play out. Mm -hmm. So I understand you're in a new situation. You're still coming up, but you're thinking too much about like the partners and the, which gym you're going to, and you've never had this coach and this and that, and this is creating too many storylines for you. I want you to just be a little bit more insular with your approach. And like I said, it, it, not all, our partners are going to be on the same page, but we got to try to hit it off in the pregame, try to take as much of the crown rest content in the pregame. This way the partners can at least hear it. So when you actually do it, it's not a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost got to be like, all right, guys, this is how we're going to handle this. And you know, yeah. like, this is the way it's going to be. This is our yeah. game plan. I always talk about a, a game plan with game management with the coaches from mm -hmm. the beginning of the pregame to, okay, once the coach shouts once or twice, here's what we're going to do now. And if they say anything after that, then here's what we're going to do. Like there's always a plan in place. Mm -hmm. So just know, just know your approach, know the game plan with coaches and don't waver from it. And if you ever go back to this gym, please let your assigner know what happened. And like, you just got to document that. Like, did mm -hmm. you let your assigner know? I did. Uh, are, you, the, are you talking about the, um, the most, the, the private game or? Yeah, the... like, like I might even, I would even email the school or the athletic director or, or email the, a signer and CC, like the principal, like these type of things need to start happening in these situations mm -hmm. for accountability. Well, I think the problem with that particular school is that he's a volunteer coach, assistant, or like assistant athletic director. And I'm, I'm the assigner for that school. Um, they're, because they're in a private league, he kind of just asks referees who he knows um, to work games. So there is no like official assigner for his school. Great. So then you're in charge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. Now you have more control. Right. You know. We'll get you there. I, I, we're I on it's, our, it's, we're on our it's way. a small bridge, but I'm I'm building it. No, we're we're on our way. These these are great conversations to have. You know, like. We're able to go very deep inside this one specific area of the game, which makes a, is a huge part of the game that affects mm -hmm. all the other parts of the game that we prefer to focus on. Right. But we got this top filter of, of coach disrespect that we need to mute. And we have the tools and resources 
to lower them or mute them. And we got to be able to execute at the right time. Right. With effective communication, professionalism, fir- a mixture of f- firmness and fairness, mm-hmm. a mixture of kindness and authority. Those, that's a good combination. So, like, you got to combine these different traits to create right. like the end result that you want. It doesn't just happen like can't just be firm, firm, firm. You got to show like multiple sides of you or, or, or a range. Like, so when I say, coach, I'm very approachable if you have a question, but we're not going to shout onto the court. We're not going to tolerate that, you know, unsporting behavior. So Mm -hmm. I gave you a mixture of firmness and kindness. I'm telling you I'm approachable and you can talk to me in a respectful way. It's not just coach. You can't do this. Right. So keep playing around with these different, approaches these different combinations these different recipes because that's where the uh difference lies right so but you're you're doing a great job man Uh, i'm happy to that we're doing this i'm so happy you're part of the community and and learning you have a great attitude and you're coachable so i appreciate that I'm hoping you're getting a lot out of this because it's it's really helping me too. That, that's the other cool thing about these one to ones. It's almost like I get to I'm I'm training with you. Like everything I'm telling you, I'm telling myself right now. These yeah. are reminders for myself. That makes and sense. That's, and that's one of the things about Crown Refs that of me starting it. Yeah, it was to give back and train officials, but it was also to train myself. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I could train others. Yeah. So thank you again. I'm getting ready to go to the gym. Oh, thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Yes, sir. And um, we got two other calls this week. Tomorrow, uh, 1120 if you're around. And uh, Friday, too, if, you want, if you're I available. Th- I think I'll be able to make tomorrow. Um, Friday, I'll be in Pittsburgh for a conference. So I think I can carve some time out. Um, it'll just depend on what uh, what session is, is happening at that time alright sounds great you have a great night John I appreciate it again and I look forward to the next call thanks you too Paul thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast serve the game Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If our podcast has brought you any value in the past, then we would love if you considered joining our mentor program and private community for officials. You can go to patreon.com backslash crown to get started today.